1: On this episode of the History Worth Saving Podcast, we're talking to another master of art. We're talking today to painter Helene Bernhard-Little, who joins us now from her home in Houston. Helene takes watercolors all the way from the ordinary to the absolute unexpected. Vibrant, bold colors and light jump from the canvas in a way that I've just never seen before. In fact. The style that Helene paints in is often imitated at major retail brands. You've seen these paintings. And when you take a look at her Facebook page, which, by the way, is quick-linked in this show's story, you'll have this aha moment. I've seen that. Yes, I know who this person is. Helene is the only artist that I know of that brings that style to life in watercolor. And Helene joins us right now. Thanks for being here.
2: Hi, thank you.
1: So a lot of people paint with bright colors and a lot of people paint pigs and chickens and cows and stuff that that you paint, but I don't think anyone does it with watercolor. And that's why I wanted you on because it is so incredibly unique and different and joy filled uh, that, that people need to know who you are because like I said, a lot of places sell this type of art uh, but you were certainly one of the first to bring it to market at your shows and galleries and places all across uh, the great state of Texas and beyond. So I wanted to have you on and just recognize you and recognize your work. So thanks for being here, Helene.
2: Oh, this is great. Thank you.
1: I want to talk about the how because you did. You had you had an entire career before uh, you left the the marketing boardrooms of America to the art room. Uh, to start these wonderful paintings, but you paint the way you see. And I, I was hoping that you could, could shed some light on this, because all of these colors and, and the way the image just sort of jumps right off the page of the canvas there, uh, this is the way you see it, and, and there's a reason for that. And I, and I was hoping that, uh, that you'd, you'd enlighten us and share just a little bit about that.
2: So, sure. I don't know if it's the reason, but um, I was born cross-eyed, and I'm from Kerrville, Texas, a small town. And so when I was four, I had to have surgery to correct my eyes. And, you know, Kerrville, small town, but I had an excellent doctor. I was very fortunate. But the result, too, is that I have alternating vision. I cannot see out of both eyes at the same time. I don't notice it. I just, that's how I see But it does limit, I don't have peripheral vision. Um, So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I know, like, for instance, I'm looking at my little dog right now, and I see him in his normal colors. But if I start studying him, like I'm going to paint him, then I can just see purples and greens and, you know, some lavenders and some dark maroons and, and colors in him you know in the shadows i mean i can just see that i can see him in those colors i can kind of switch gears and see the colors in them
1: what a beautiful gift
2: so well it it is a gift and i've all always been a fascinated with color as a as a small child my favorite gifts i don't know if you remember they had this big it was a flat box of crayons like a, almost 200 colors in there and i just remembered Getting that gift in the hospital took my mask off from my eyes and I had a gift that big box of colors and I still remember that and how excited I was. You know, my favorite thing were, you know, the big packages of of color markers and paints and it, you know that that was what I always wanted when I was little.
1: Color. That wonderful <laughs> color. Yeah. And and it comes across in your in your paintings and and all of the stuff that you do i love i love the pictures uh, that you have shared on your facebook page one of one of my favorites though uh, is the rabbit and it's it, you know it's I, I don't know, do you do you take pictures of these animals and then paint or are you or are you just straight from memory are you one of these people that's been gifted with that talent
2: um i can do i can do both and the one thing that i do when i i do the animals i'm an animal lover is I really try to focus on the eyes and I always paint the eyes first of my painting. So then the paintings like looking at me as I develop it further.
1: Oh, that's really great. I, you know, so the technique of this uh, is always something that fascinates me. You know, some artists they sketch it out and then they kind of fill in the lines around it and whatnot. But with watercolor, you really can't do that. Can you?
2: No, I can, I sketch out very lightly in in pencil on my on my watercolor paper. Sometimes I just paint. Like if I'm doing flowers or a still life or something, I'll just paint. You know, look at the apple and paint it. But a lot of times with the animals, I do sketch it out lightly and then paint.
1: I think that's. I think the whole process of it is is just amazing. And the fact that that you started out uh, with this difficulty with your eyesight and that it's kind of led to this just really God given. Uh, talent and blessing upon you that, that you're able to see things so uniquely and then and then translate that into art. I think uh, is just oh. it's just magnificent. Can you tell me yes, about the hummingbird is. picture? I didn't want to cut you up. You just tell me about the hummingbird because to me it it almost it it, it it's just it's almost like Michelangelo, you know, with God reaching down oh. to man- oh. <laughs> seeing the hummingbird Whoa. right there <laughs> into the flower. Well, it is. I mean, there's something about that that. It's just uh, it's it's like an explosion right there on the canvas uh, with this hummingbird uh, drawing the nectar from the flower.
2: Well, and we have in in the hill country of Texas, where I'm from, many hummingbirds during the different seasons. And uh, I just love them. And with them, they just give me a freedom to paint some a lot of the paintings that you'll see the paint is blown and what I do is I blow the paint with a straw when it's wet and so it's like an un, like a controlled chaos is what I call it a lot of my horses have the same technique in my ballerinas and but they just the hummingbirds just you know they're so beautiful and you can just take it and run with it and that's what I love about those little birds.
1: <laughs> I like the pig too against the uh, the colorful stripes and you can see his hair uh, which I'm guessing is is blown a little bit uh, and his eyelashes even. I mean down to the, the if I were to paint with watercolors or even attempt this it would look like a puddle. I don't know how you do it. It's just years yes. I guess of of figuring this out but but watercolor I mean it separates uh, for a lack of a better expression uh, the men from the boys. You always hear that and here you are doing this and figuring it out, but it, it really is a difficult medium.
2: Well, and I, 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 it, it, to me, it's just always been watercolor. I've just, you know, I've just loved it. Um, you know, when I took art in high school, I just always gravitated, you know, to, to the watercolor and my father being German, <laughs> um, would not let me go to art school nope, that's not happening, that's not practical, you're not doing that. So I went to Texas A&M, I got three degrees, and I had a whole other career, which I was very passionate about at the time. Um, It's kind of a long story, but I, I ended up with degrees in architecture, that was the closest thing to art that there was, and then construction science, then I went back and got a master's in real estate development, but I did business development, for major architectural firms and construction firms that designed and built hospitals. Very different than watercolor art. And so that's what I did for, you know, a long time.
1: And were so, you painting this entire time, though?
2: I did. I, I dabbled, you know, here and there. It was, you know, I was on an airplane almost every day, crisscrossing this country. So there wasn't a lot of time for that. But then... Later, as a lot of us do in our careers, you start tiring. And you know, I I kind of went back to it, and I joined a little class of just women. And every Tuesday night from six to nine, it was a watercolor class. And you know, I went to that, and that really got me going again. And that was in I would say the late nineties is when I kind of started going back to it.
1: I can't imagine today you know the folks that are forced into travel every single day i mean i travel enough yeah. but the thought of of having to be in one place one day and then the next another i mean it it's just so tiring to go to the airport today and i can't think of of a more soul-sucking you know inspiration killing thing to have to yes. do than go stand in line at the airport uh, for just you know a twenty five year career or whatever it is, so thank goodness you did that then
2: yeah and not yes. today and, you know yes and I and I had four children and um, became a single mom in in two thousand one and and it was it was hard it was very hard to be on an airplane traveling my kids you know trying to juggle what was going on at home and I would say in about 2000, about 2012. I mean, I just hit a roadblock. There's things that happen. I, I moved to Houston, Texas, down on the coast in Kima in 08, went through Hurricane Ike. I didn't know. I've never lived on the coast and lost 80% of what I own. And that was a, a life awakening thing. And my oldest son, he was at the London school of economics at the time. And I told him what had happened. He goes, Oh mom, that's okay. That's just all your crap. I don't have to go through when you die. (laughs) 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 And so I kind of took that attitude with with life, Uh. but I did just hit a roadblock and my youngest was in middle school and I realized how much I'd missed with the older children. And, and I just, and it's a God thing. It is so much a God thing. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I could not get on that airplane anymore. And I'm telling you, I took a leap of faith, and I walked away from corporate America. I did my first little art show at a farmer's market down in Kima. I sold paintings for $20, and I sold them all. And I was like, well, you know, and um. so the next thing I did, I put them for $40. And my oldest son, the economist, you'll never, you'll never sell them for that, you know? And I did. And, and it just evolved from there. And, and just, I could just feel God's hand on my shoulder, like every step I went. The major breakthrough that I had, two major breakthroughs, I applied to the all you know the juried art shows are a very you know large application process and i applied to the bayou city art fest here in houston which is a top 10 show in the country
1: and a lot of people don't think of art when they think of houston but i have always thought of art when i think of houston because a thriving thriving arts community oh, yes. massive theater yeah. program there i mean one of the top yes. top five or six in the country and it's right there in houston texas which a lot of people don't think about. So yeah, well, yeah. a juried art I mean, show in Houston's a big deal.
2: So and and I got waitlisted. And then she called me and she said, if you'll do this little Christmas show that they were trying to promote, well, I'll let you in the spring show. Well yeah, okay, I'm there. And I did it and so I just did uh about a month ago I just did my twelfth Bayou City Art Festival. You have to apply every time but I've been so fortunate to, to get in in the next huge break that I had is I applied to the Houston rodeo, which takes place in late February, March, and it runs for three weeks and people said, you'll never get into the rodeo. It's, you know, so competitive because it's not just art. It's everything. It's clothes and hot sauce and barbecue sauce. And yeah,
1: if you've never been to the Houston rodeo, you can't understand it, but it's, I've I never seen people, uh, just everyday people, so excited uh, to to drive to a, a massive parking lot somewhere, abandon their car, get on a city <laughs> bus that that is that runs every few minutes, and 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 bus in to the Reliant, whatever it is now. Is it still Reliant? You know, it's this massive, yeah. mm-hmm. massive mm-hmm. park, and and inside what is you know the the old Astrodome and the the just everything massive 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 buildings filled with art and and all things that are the Houston Rodeo it is it is a complete experience uh, that you cannot see in one night i mean and people do this as you said for 3 weeks it's an unreal experience
2: well and it is but i was so fortunate that that i got in and You know, I was just I was just shocked when the lady called me and she even called me before they they said, you know, we'll tell you on December 1st. And she called me mid-November and that another God thing. I mean, boy, did that ever open the door up for me, because like you said, there's thousands of people that come there you know, I got in and it's, it's been evolving, you know, and once you get in there, as long as you obey all the rules and then it is, you know, there's a lot of rules, but it's not hard. You just do what you're supposed to do. And so I'm about to do, um, let's see, in, in March of 2022, I think it's going to be, I've been a vendor since 2014. And I've increased my booth size. It's it's quite a commitment. And I am there for approximately 24 days. But the thing that's so great about it is we're in the Reliance Center. And it's also the livestock show. So in this building where we are, there's four to 6,000 animals a day. And you got it all. I mean, we've got, you know, the lambs come through, the pigs, you know, the The heifers, you know, the steers, the rabbits, the chickens, they're all there. And so I always go early and I walk around and I look and I take pictures and I talk to the kids. I love these kids that come and they're so dedicated to their animals. But the rodeo, it just really took off for me because there are 4,000 animals a day and to every animal a child is attached. And they're from small-town America, most of them. And I do prints of my work. And and they want something to take home, but not something that's, you know, they can't afford original artwork. So, I give them the opportunity to have, you know, something inexpensive. My prints are very nice, but they're affordable. And that they can take home from the rodeo. So if they raise pigs, they want a pig print and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think it's great. It's just been, it has been so wonderful. And since then, I've so blessed. I've gotten into more art shows. Actually, I'm on the wait list for a big show near you, the Dogwood Festival in Atlanta in April 2022. So hopefully, I come off the wait list for that one.
1: Yeah, we'll get you out here. That'd be fun, Helene. And oh, yeah. And the, the great thing about taking your art just anywhere is that this stuff uh, that is so absolutely color filled and and joy filled, it, it, it just it doesn't matter where you're at. You can be in Texas. You could be in New York City. This stuff is going to be popular wherever you go. And I love I love the story behind it. I think that oh, is what is so you. magnificent. You know, the Houston rodeo, you bring that up. And it, it, I, I think about people that I've talked to over the years and they wait all year to go to the rodeo and, and sell their wares because the rodeo is where they earn their year's income. And we lost that, you know, we lost that oh with COVID. Boy. And I'm sure yeah, that we were, you were impacted we were there.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. And I'm one of those. I really, I have one more show next week and then nothing until I move into the rodeo at the end of February. So I will really gear up I will paint, I'll get my print inventory up, did all of that for the rodeo. We were there for 10 days, and yes, they shut us down. And at that time, as odd as this is to imagine, this was in March of 2020, there was one case of COVID in the entire Houston area that they knew of, one. And he had been to the barbecue cook-off. Oh, you know, a week before the rodeo started. But because of that one case, because of that one case, they shut the rodeo down. Never had happened in 47 years. Yeah. So we were shocked.
1: And I I remember watching that. It was national news that they shut this thing down. And I think that anybody that's not from Houston or has never been, Would look at that and go well who cares it's a rodeo what are these these people so worried about but it's not i mean that's the thing this is such a massive event so to hear that you're there i think it's wonderful and i hope you get into the dogwood festival if if folks really want to um, see the prints and get a copy of your work the best way to do it is by clicking on the link uh, that's in this show story for your facebook page and then reaching out to you uh, directly and seeing what's available
2: Yes, yeah, I'll just call me, email me, you know, whatever. And one thing that I do, because I understand economics and I understand where people are, I offer, I mean, I have cards that start at $5, and then I go (laughs) up to large originals, but my prints are so affordable, you know, they're in the $20 to $30 range, and that's what I offer. I offer price ranges of my art so anyone can afford it where many artists maybe they start with an original at fifteen hundred dollars well that's not me i have those if you want them and i do commissions but i want everyone to be able to afford something and that's my goal because god gave me this gift and i want to give it back and i do a lot of donating to different things and um, my big thing is the cattle barons fall here in Houston. I have a booth there, but it's all donated. Everything I do there is donated, and that goes to the American Cancer Association. so and I support different children's if someone calls me and they're having an auction. you know I'll give something for that.
1: I wanted to bring up something because you you mentioned your ballerinas and i and i it's hard to tell if they're ballerinas or if they're angels or if just what well, they I do. are do you, know, all, you do, do them all, all yeah <laughs> and of course my favorite I, I if i had to pick i love your birds i love the cardinals and of course you know that's a often referred to you'll hear people say well that's a signal grace that's our lord you know mm-hmm. that's representing mm-hmm. uh a representative of god and it's so cool to see these cardinals and i again i don't know especially the one of him it's is it a, it's not a blue bonnet it's some kind of floral tree uh and he's just sitting there Staring, and I, again, I don't know how you get the colors so thick and bright. It's just, it's magnificent work, and uh, it's so cool to see. So I would encourage, if you're, if you're able to, if you're listening to this on a podcast and you're driving, go back and, and find the show story on HistoryWorthSaving.com, and, and then look through some of this stuff. Where are you going to be? Uh, in fact, Fe- you'll be at the rodeo in February. Uh, folks can see you there. And then if they want to follow along, I'm guessing Facebook's the best place to do it at.
2: Yes. Yes. That's the best place. I put all my shows. I put all the shows there when I'm, when I'm going to, where I'm going to be, where I'm going to go. And after the rodeo, it's kind of back to back art shows and it just depends. And we we're applying now and then we're notified like December, January, and then you start your trips.
1: <laughs> I have to ask you about this so. before, before we, before we knock it off here. I have to ask you about, Roundtop and 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 all of that great stuff, because that is that is probably the largest antique show. I think it has to be one of the largest in the world, if not in you know it's certainly in the country. But but talk to me about Roundtop and Warrenton and all that stuff, because this is a big deal down in Texas uh, as well. That a lot <laughs> of people know about, they've heard about it. it is is it all true?
2: Well, yes, it's only eight miles of venues. And when you go to Roundtop, when the show, yeah, I mean, when you go to Roundtop, when the show's not going on, it's a it's a population of about a hundred and fifty people. But then twice a year, you know, these massive tents come in, these fields. every field has, you know, they set up these massive tents. And it's just kind of unbelievable what happens. And I call it, you know, as, as vendors were diving into the sea of gypsies. Um, and there's everything there from, from just the junkiest junk, but you just never know what treasure you're going to find. And it it's just everything else. Unfortunately, what's happened, it, it started off as an antique show, but like everything in America, unfortunately, there's lots and lots of reproduction stuff now that is that is manufactured overseas, China, Indonesia, and they ship it here. It looks antique-ish, but it's not. But the uneducated buyer won't know the difference. And so it. it that's kind of sad because there's so much of that stuff now.
1: Yeah, a lot of it there, I guess.
2: Lots of it there, but... But it is everything. I mean, it's antiques, it's art, it's clothes, it's jewelry. Um, it's just just everything. And it's fun. I just did 18 days there. Um, that's the longest I've ever been there. <laughs> and
1: you were at the Old and, Gin uh, this time.
2: Yes, uh-huh, that was our second time there. And uh, we'll be back there for the spring show uh, it'll be a little bit dicey because I've got weekend shows, but somehow with Jason we will manage to, to have everything there and I'll have some art there too.
1: You you mentioned Jason there, another friend of the show and a friend of mine, Jason uh, Barnett. What a, what a great artist he is too. Crazy, but a great artist. Absolutely. (laughs) Stark raving crazy. And, and do you have to deal with the dog buddy Earl too? Do you deal with buddy Earl at all?
2: Buddy Earl, is he's right here, and when I was in Round Top, he, he didn't do so well. we I have an older dog. These are all rescues. I have an older dog, but she's so old she doesn't really like to play with Buddy. And, and he tore up my Lazy Boy chair. Thank goodness I only paid $50 for it. So when I got <laughs> home, I decided he has to have a friend. Yeah. So I went over to Bark, which is the Houston Animal Shelter adoption area. Which it's Houston, so these dogs have 30 days. And I went and I just prayed about it, and I looked at all the dogs, and I have brought Nashville home.
1: There you go, Nashville and, and he, Buddy Earl,
2: huh? <laughs> and he is, he is so good. He's just two, Buddy Earl's two, and he's so good. He instantly just played with him. He's so good. He's, and so they're, they're, they're brothers now, so oh, they're great. good.
1: Well, I hope to see a painting of Buddy Earl and, uh, <laughs> in Nashville, maybe playing poker at some point. That yeah. would be appropriate. Buddy Earl just showed up down to Jason's place one day, and uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a great story. Well, listen, Helene, thank you for coming on. What do you want people to know about about you. I mean when when all of this is is said and done and, and and we're all in the history books, what do you hope is written?
2: Well, I think that you have to follow the intuition you have in your heart because that's the holy spirit talking to you. And it's not all about money. And when a lot of times we get caught up in in corporate America making that cushy six-figure salary with all the benefits and this and that, but you're very unhappy and there's something else calling you. And if you follow what your passion is, that's the gift that God gave you. And if you follow that and you're faithful, you will be blessed. You will you will have what you need. And I that's I truly believe that and I think I'm such a shining example of that. I mean, most people thought I was crazy. I was, you know, the top of my field and I walked away from it to become a gypsy artist. And it's it's paid off. It's been great.
1: I love it. Well, Helene Bernhard Little, thank you for coming on and
2: Thanks sharing you, your
1: story. It's history worth saving, Helene. I'm so glad you came on and you have to check out her paintings. You can buy some prints all right there at the link in the bottom of the show story. It'll take you straight to Helene's Facebook page, Where she does all of her business it's so easy you can follow along with everything that she's doing with buddy earl in nashville too it's just going to be right there uh, in that link helene thank you so much and we'll talk real soon
2: thank you all right okay thank you
1: if you want to follow along in our newsletter you can do that send it out every month it's right there at historyworthsaving.com just sign up for the newsletter and by the way every time you share this show it helps And I mean that. It truly, truly helps. By the way, you can sign up now for our new exclusive content section. If you haven't already done so, it's right there at History Worth Saving 2. It's $25 a year, and it gets you all of the new episodes as they roll out. And even better than that, it gets you access to all of the archive of History Worth Saving. So you can listen to it anytime you want to. It's $25 a year, and it helps keep this show on the air. Thanks for being here. I am Matt Jolly, and this has been History Worth Saving. So long for now, everybody.